House of the Dragon Season 2 to premiere in early summer 2024, first trailer screens for press. House of the Dragon Season 2 will premiere in early summer 2024 on HBO, early summer in quotations. (laughs) Network Chief Casey Bloys announced during a press event in New York on Thursday. At the media presentation, the first trailer for the second season screened exclusively for reporters, but details about the contents of the footage were kept under an embargo. During a Q&A portion of the event, Bloys said he expects that Game of Thrones spinoff, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, will begin shooting next spring, pending the end of the ongoing SAG after strike. Based on the author George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones book, Fire and Blood, House of the Dragon follows the Targaryen dynasty in the fictional continent of Westeros. It's real to us. It takes place nearly 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones and about 100 years after the Targaryens united the Seven Kingdoms. The 10-episode first season of House of the Dragon aired August 21st to August 23rd, 2022. It was renewed for season two just one week following its season premiere, which drew record-breaking ratings for HBO. House of the Dragon season two began filming at Warner Brothers Leaves In Studios, shout out April 11th. Filming was unaffected by the Writers Guild of America strike, which began May 2nd and lasted until September 27th, and after the sag after strike, which began July 14th, because scripts were completed before filming began. Let's go. That meant writers were not working on House of the Dragon during the strike, so you guys can like this. Although showrunner Ryan Condal remained on set in a producing-only capacity, additionally, and the productions additionally, and the productions actors are under contract with the UK Guild Equity, not SAG after him. And it goes on to talk about uh, who's starring in the second season of Hot D and some newly announced actors for the second season of Hot D, soon to become household names. And Casey Bloys goes on to reveal HBO and Variety using the same language together, which I like. We're keeping the teens intact. Revealed the House of Dragons season two premiere window the window, which is in keeping with what HBO boss had estimated for Variety back in February during a press event on Thursday. This is what everyone's talking about, and that's why we're starting the episode with this today. At that presentation, Bloys apologized for using fake Twitter accounts to troll TV critics, (laughs) behavior that was revealed in a report published by Rolling Stone on Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the article ends. So the big takeaway for us that I want to talk to you about is that Game of Thrones' target audience, reporters, mm-hmm. were given a taste of Hot D Season 2, and I think everyone liked it. I saw fire emojis and hushed voices. Mm-hmm. They said, I can't say too much, mm-hmm. but it looks like it's going to be pretty hot, if you know what I mean. Let's go. And of course, yeah, what do you think about the CEO slash chairman of Warner Brothers? Uh, trolling people on Twitter? Warner Brothers HBO, Max. <laughs> yeah, not just trolling people on Twitter, but seemingly... <laughs> Making an attempt, like a Howard Stern-esque attempt. He was, uh, Howard Stern was recorded by one of his staffers against his will telling people Mm -hmm. during a a think tank staff meeting, like, go on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Tweet at the people we want to have on the show. You know, all these podcasts are getting all this traction. Well, let's make all of these actors think that they're really wanted on this program. We will get more people on this show and we will get more people to listen to our show. Mm -hmm. If people see other people talking about our program they will think it's cool to listen to Mm -hmm. and we've enjoyed hbo has enjoyed game of thrones has enjoyed uh, the natural version of that because the show was so hype everyone you talk to talked about this right 
replaced football for a lot of people on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. So the water cooler era lit fire and we got lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not enough. We can't have any anything negative. <laughs> All of the, the praise is not enough. Mm -hmm. We might just have to take some steps. We might just have to take some steps to ensure that people feel pressure before they decide to speak out against any of the creative choices or the quality of the series. Sure. I guess after the finale of GOT. It's interesting that a it's happening. Burned. Well, it's interesting that it's happening now because I feel like people are way less critical than they were back in the day. At least we're less critical because it's better and it's good. So you would think that this was a tactic that they would have used five years ago when everybody was complaining on Twitter. Must Maybe have they been. didn't have the idea. Must have been though. Maybe. Social media being a tool for geopolitics aside, when you're thinking specifically about the entertainment industry, it's a it's a weird choice for someone so involved in the leadership of the the whole company itself to take right. such a, a a hand in those efforts. He cares. That's kind of nice. Uh, honestly, that cares, yeah, that is a know? good sign. I think it's. I mean, okay, I didn't. I think it's harmless. I didn't read it. I don't know a lot about it. I That's think about all the context. You know I think I, mean? I think what it comes down to is not just troll accounts, but there being an effort on the side of HBO with some money behind it to maybe create bots, maybe well, hire people, maybe have people on the staff itself, like pilot 10 to 12 shell accounts, maybe more, maybe less to mm -hmm. sort of try to steer the conversation in a certain way. So people feel the pressure to not bully Right. The show, right. essentially. Remember people used to think that we were plants from HBO? Yes. <laughs> to do the same yes. exact thing? <laughs> I wish. It was always after a controversial creative choice right. was made in an episode right. where they took a character in a certain direction. And that's uh -huh. when the reviews would come in. They, it wouldn't be about the rest of the hundreds of episodes. It would right. be about what you specifically thought or what sometimes people would just leave their review for the HBO show mm -hmm. in right. that case. But see, like that wiggliness i think is what folks that know what they're talking about want to come in and the, if it's so easy to be able to come in and change the narrative even slightly or to maybe try to tip the needle in a certain direction mm -hmm. i mean it is unfair that the the bent of the way folks talk with anonymity online is toward the negative so it seems kind of fair that you would say let me try to bend the needle back toward a more neutral position at the very least. Of course. And no disrespect, but anybody who's taking what's happening on Twitter as gospel truth in the year 2023 is mm. missing out. on Because that's been what's been happening online for years. I mean, maybe not necessarily in A Song of Ice of Fire or Game of Thrones that we were aware of, but politics, other fandoms. I feel like that sh people are manipulating what's happening on Twitter left and right and it's true it's too easy to be mean and so why not try to make it a little bit more neutral yeah let's make it neutral or let's make it nice or let's at least try to take advantage of this platform that is available to us to try to push things in a direction that's more advantageous for us everybody's doing it they're just doing it on a larger scale i'm wondering how they got caught though because that's not really a narrative when it comes to our politics for sure. example sure or like who you should be supporting internationally. How did they get caught? Somebody must have leaked it from inside. That sucks. And they were like, I don't feel good about this. Well, I wonder if it's going to be a thing any longer or if they'll do what HBO kind of did way back in the day and try to support more 
third party creators or or I hate to say people that are like influencers that spend all their time talking about someone else's property Mm -hmm. on the internet. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm biased. That's the way to go. (laughs) Like you don't need to hire a bunch of teenagers. Well, yeah, you don't need to hire a bunch of teenagers to be typing away. They weren't doing that. But, you know, like you don't have to hire a bunch it might of interns. Have been, it might have been people at the company that yeah, didn't have that much that. to do that. You know, day. yeah, exactly. To do that, like put it out there and put your resources and make those relationships out there with the people who are actually in the trenches, who are participating and who care and who love it, you know. But at the same time, those are going to be the people who are going to be probably a little bit more critical or at least honest about what's happening so and so we're making the effort beforehand to stem the flow of any kind of uh resistance from folks that are for sure gonna have a platform to talk about your property and that's let's give the reporters the first access Mm -hmm. to catching the trailer for hot d season two at this point it was about a week and a half ago and we still don't have a trailer yet but do you think we're gonna have like I, I think, mean, Thanksgiving is coming, mm-hmm. so it'll probably we need some dinner topics. Thinking NFL and if Thanksgiving yeah, NFL right. or the Sunday leading up to it, right? Maybe we'll get one of those. Um, I forget what it's called. Burner teaser. It's got some some fire name attached to oh, it. Where they yeah. sizzle reel, sizzle teaser, where they only play something like thirteen seconds of Which it. Which is probably just flames. It'll be mostly fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is really exciting. Though. It is really exciting, and, and I think obviously the most exciting thing is that they've found it necessary to mention a night of the seven kingdoms dunk and egg and you think it's literally dunk and it's literally egg that they're talking about well this is what i was thinking when we were reading the article is we went through such a dead zone for years after the last season of game of thrones like things felt bleak at that time you know what i mean yeah you mean in in life are you talking about the pandemic no 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 (laughs) but you know what i mean like we just didn't have anything a song of ice and fire like if you're we a sci-fi were, fantasy nerd you're like where's the big mainstream tent pole that's coming out yeah it was doom just was pretty doom was good for that it was and there was some other franchises and, th- and things like that but we were waiting for winds of winter the series was over and we didn't have a lot of information we didn't know if fire and blood was going to be good like there was just so many unknowns at that time mm-hmm. and it was like what are we going to talk about you know what i mean we didn't really have that problem but just the thought of is this the end of this but now that we are being so blessed that we're not only getting information about fire and blood season two but also more information about duncan egg and that that continues to be hyped up and that there's enough interest and traction that like reporters still need to be embargoed and Mm -hmm. we've got ceos tweeting to sway things in their favor that's such a fun vibe it really is so that's what was my main takeaway from that. Is yeah. I'm glad the hype, like, it's not just us excited. Like, the vibe is still there. And, I mean, people still, we're at work and people are like, what's the latest in Game of Thrones, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so, as much as there may be a lot of negativity on Twitter or online, I think, like, the general masses are still very easily ready to be in the vibe yeah and i don't even think there's a lot of negativity like you were saying so i feel like i logged off twitter like four years ago (laughs) so (laughs) people are are making fun of hbo and because of that casey boys has taken most of that that hit because he's the uh the one that represents those decisions that were made about controlling the accounts or trying to shift a narrative in a certain way but like you said that's literally what everyone's doing right exactly anyone who has a a massive platform and an expense account to bolster their resources it's kind of their responsibility at this point i feel like as a whole 
Fire and Blood. Uh, yes, House of the Dragon. I feel like as a whole, we liked House of the Dragon. You yeah, know? I loved House of the yeah, Dragon. Yeah, like as a like as a collective, we. Oh yeah, we liked. Yeah, it, it was it was really it positive. Was great, and it you was great. We all know that it was a it was a big risk to try to capture recapture the Game of Thrones audience because at one point you don't really know if they were there for the love of the game or if they were there for the love of being a part of the conversation. I know. And so asking them to do it again with a new set of actors and Matt Smith's Doctor Who looking face. We were scared. Yeah, we were scared, but obviously it worked. Listen. So now I feel like what you were just saying, that uh, that era that you're glad is still seemingly continuing is resting basically on the shoulders of George R. R. Martin and Ryan Condal right now. And, and the folks at, at HBO max Warner brothers that are continuing to give the budget to shows like this. And the fact that we are talking about Duncan egg, we're about to get into the sworn sword part five right now. Mm -hmm. The fact that we were talking about Duncan egg this summer and that the rumor started to coalesce that the show was actually going to be made. It was always a rumor. It was a rumor back when the first set of successor shows started to be talked about years ago when we were talking about Blood Moon, we were talking about the first men, we were talking about this Targaryen TV show that would be adapted from Fire and Blood. The rumor was always there for Dunkin' Egg, but it could have been one of those that was potentially going to be animated. Mm -hmm. It could have been one of those that might be done in a different way. If the extended universe reaches out to being past adult primetime shows, it might be one of those. But the fact that it seems it's going to be that style of show uh, uh, a top tier primetime hbo max initiative and that it starts filming in spring of 2024 i know what you're welcome everybody for it <laughs> into existence because that is not with every that own that is sent in yeah. <laughs> yep. we get closer and closer to the truth i know but no well we read the casting call on the last episode right mm -hmm. was that the last episode mm -hmm. so to have like a actual filming we don't have a date but a vibe that is so exciting we are going to eat this show up and so off the heels of fire and blood why do i always keep calling it fire and blood i've been doing that since literally day one off the heels of house of the dragon <laughs> season two we we get this tale as well however many seasons of house of the dragon that we're going to expect to have i don't know if we have a clear answer of that at this point but i'm assuming more than two just based off the success and based on the how much material that there is yeah i mean and i know that you stay away from leaks but there's a pretty significant amount of leaks to show what has been adapted so far mm -hmm. in season two and um obviously based on that if we're going to get to a point that sort of wraps up the current character storyline if we're thinking about rhaenyra and damon then um we've definitely got two Lots of lots three of episodes left. or seasons left. Two or three left, probably. Should I get into the leaks? Maybe. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, you, <laughs> you already tell know me what if happens. there's anything good. I know, but <laughs> I feel, I know I understand that aspect of the sport that a lot of folks are interested in, mm -hmm. but now we're old. Right. Well, I cared way more for some reason I cared way more during Game of Thrones about leaks. Well, I mean, at that point we were going past written material. So right. I was curious to see whether oh, or not yeah, LSH true, true, was going to be adapted, for example, in a latent way in season five or something. Like, so you're always looking out for that. Remember that those pictures of, of Jon Snow on in um not Dorne, um in Dragonstone on the beach. Mm -hmm. I remember accidentally seeing those. Yeah. Like in a meme. Mm -hmm. I was pissed. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was so mad. <laughs> but anyway. So you're trying to stay away from that. I am, but yeah. less so now than I was before because we are, like you said, we already kind of know what's going on. 
we could have guessed then anyway too which was half the problem but anyway <laughs> um <laughs> this is very exciting so trailer i think is gonna be really soon oh my gosh so maybe our next episode might be a trailer might episode. be might be a trailer episode <laughs> so that'll be cool we'll be able to we'll we will break down 10 hero shots of close-up yeah, we of will. very attractive people's faces my gosh, everybody get ready for your, to take over the family dinner conversation at Thanksgiving. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you take, take take your your joy to the main or to yeah. the public. You have your, you have your menace. platform. You have your platform. You now have content that you can talk about and relate to everyone with. Uh-huh, exactly. Anyway, so um we read from Cold Moat to Stand Fast. And we cut it off in usual fashion and a block that felt like it would be a chapter. I think we extended a little bit beyond that point, but Mm -hmm. that's all right. Getting further into book two, getting further into night of the seven kingdoms, we're past the halfway point. And so I'm starting to feel that creep of uh, a little bit of sadness, not of what's next, but of knowing that this is all we have left of Dunkin' Egg. It's like when season nine comes on and you're in the middle of the of the, uh, the TV show coming out and you're excited that things are heating up, but you know that you only have a couple weeks left of, like you said, talking about this stuff with people. So, bummer that we don't have that much Dunkin' Egg left. Until the show comes out. Until the show comes out. I'm going to be all over leaks for that one. <laughs> Send them in. <laughs> what, what did you think in... Uh, um feel and uh notice about more blood raven stuff yeah tons of blood raven stuff in this in this chapter i loved this set of dialogue chapter whatever this portion that we read because i felt like we got such an interesting look into eustace's mind and i really loved the conversation that there's two conversations two things that really stood out to me just relating to egg and his vibe in this chapter because one he finds out that dunk is a bastard which to him is a very egregious thing and so i loved that revelation kind of in the conversation between the two of them egg has nothing to say for once and then we He's get like, am i a jerk yeah and then am we get the down asshole? to eustace and they're they're giving him a report and they confront him and they're like hey you said you fought for the king and he's like well i fought for a king the rightful king and he gives this very honest and i felt like very raw and like genuine reason why he chose the side of the blacks and i felt like what an interesting thing to be egg at such a formative time to be confronted with these two ideas and narratives and how useful for somebody if you're gonna try to rule the realm or like be one of the guys who's in charge up there to actually hear what these people have to say not just your father's perspective not just your dad and and i was thinking about blood raven because egg was sorry i have a lot of things to say egg was talking about how um he feels about blood raven and he's talking about how like he was named hand of the king and it should have been his dad and how blood raven the way that he sees people who are traitors that they should be punished essentially they shouldn't be given a second chance because rebellion. rebellion is going to happen more seeds for and then further rebellion. we get where was i going with this and then we get um literally that happening when they're talking to eustace when he's like 
basically the same thing, still kind of causing trouble because he feels so slighted and humiliated. And so Bloodraven, oh, this is what I was trying to say. Like he's a baseborn guy. He's just like kind of a guy. Baseborn Targaryen, but baseborn well, in you know what it, I mean? Yeah, Compared yeah. to um the rest of them. Yeah, being the proper marriage line. Yeah, like he's not like in in the real line. So I don't know, like having a perspective outside of like just what your dad is telling you and everybody who's been in the castle, whatever, forever, Mm -hmm. for Aegis to be able to like get some real world experience like that, how incredibly useful is that going to be to him and his family if he's like able to like soak it in for Mm -hmm. real or like translate it out? Because I just, Eustace in all of his faults was being really honest here and like he had a lot of genuine things to say. And so, yeah, he had a little bit of that wine that they carried into the start yeah, of the story. <laughs> so I just really enjoyed that perspective and that conversation and would be interested to, as always, understand what's going on in Egg's head because they were dunking on his dad and his family and like really shifting a lot of the like what he thinks about people. Yeah, you were saying you really wanted to hear him at least talk to someone. What you His thoughts would have been good enough, but to at least have that sharing of of uh, some kind of conversation where he was able to have some opinion on what other people were saying Mm -hmm. to cut in a little bit Mm -hmm. and not necessarily defend the Targaryens, but offer a perspective that actually comes from a a personal angle. We get a little bit of that when he's talking about the high septon and bastards and like all of they can't be trusted. Mm -hmm. And when he talks directly to to Eustace later in the conversation, Mm -hmm. later in the chapter too, we get a little bit of it, but um, yeah, just like, Understanding Egg's perspective would be really cool with how much information we got in this chapter. That idea of clemency that Dunk posited to him on the way back from Coldmoat in juxtaposition with the opinions of someone like Bloodraven and honestly Egg's father too um, is, is what's been swirling around in Dunk's head also because he constantly has to make these decisions about what kind of person he wants to be. I feel like that's the the role of someone like a hedge knight when you don't have wealth to lean on or you don't have family structure to lean on you have to constantly be confronted like why are you doing these things am i going to become a prowler in the ditches like eustace says i might be or am i the person that eustace said i was when he donned me with this house cloak and sent me off when he thought i might do something for him Mm -hmm. and when your fate is tied to another man's decisions from X amount of years ago, that really calls into question your ability to choose things well, you know? When they get back to um, Eustace and they meet Bennis and Bennis is being Bennis and it's like, Bennis, let's get rid of this guy immediately if we're sticking around here. Let's just get him out of here. But um, I want to read really quick what he says. Bennis comes back and he, they're like, what happened? You know, what's going on? And and uh, Egg's like, you know that he fought for the Black Dragon, right? And Bennis goes, of course he did. Just look at him. <laughs> he strike you as the kind who picks the winning side? Yeah. No more than you, else you wouldn't be here with us. Dunk turned to oh. Egg and then headed out. So kind of thinking about that, it's like Dunk also has this responsibility as somebody who is a hedge knight to tie himself to 
or hopefully tie himself to somebody who's honorable like he is. Is he ever going to find somebody who matches his vibe? Probably not, but that's his responsibility that he's given himself. But someone like Bennis illustrates the the lack of any kind of necessity in that regard, because essentially you just need to be able to survive. You go somewhere that's comfortable where you you don't have to sleep and flee and straw. You still have a, a, a moody locale that you can sit and sharpen your sword very loudly at night. (laughs) I mean, if the world's crumbling so much around you and everyone relies on their own decision-making and that is inconsistent. Some people might be idealistic like Dunk. Some people might be uninformed, but gathering a callus and a certain opinion of of how to be like Egg. Um, Or someone could be a real outlaw or someone could be someone that's currently having their end sacked by a bunch of highwaymen that have like those people have no choice. Mm-hmm. So having the semblance of a choice and, and what situation do you be idealistic like dunk and like you said, have, have a responsibility to try to make choices that align with what your vibe actually is. I mean, it seems like it's a, uh, it's a luxury. So is it, is it a responsibility? Is it a necessity? I think that's just like a, the choice that your point of view sure, makes. Totally. And and so that's what Dunk's grappling with on, on this walk back. And this concept of forgiveness is, is I think, just present during the whole chunk of, of words that we chose to read today and how you're supposed to think about it, whether or not you have a responsibility to think about it in a certain way or, or whether or not you want to lie to yourself about what you're actually seeing. And from Egg's perspective and really from Eustace's perspective too, probably the only person that sees things the way that Dunk sees them in this section of words is Bennis because mm-hmm. Bennis is a similar style of person. It's does the opinion of someone who's base born does the opinion of a bastard on these important matters actually matter. And, uh, I mean, look at what Blood Bloodraven's able to do right. from being baseborn. Mm-hmm. He sure doesn't act baseborn. Right. He sure has capabilities that extend beyond how we're supposed to think of baseborn people. So why can't their opinions matter? Obviously, we're living in this comfortable time where we're, we're reading a book that all of these ideas are being posited in an artistic fashion by a creator and they're being prettily printed on sheaves are leaves of uh of of carved down wood and we all get to look at words on the screen and and psychedelically materialize these concepts and consider them but if you're if you're walking amongst the actual thorns you know what what is the thing mm-hmm. and i think that this the swirling mass of uh this the question that's being pushed toward us um is being um appropriately sort of positive from all these different directions mm-hmm. to, to give us the, to give us the answer. And I think the answer is if you question the flow of the state of power right now, no matter what your opinion is, you might have to sleep among the fleas instead of in the tower with that really um, convenient well of water mm-hmm. available right. to wash your face with. Right. Well, it makes me think so much about, and Eustace talks about this, like alludes to this, that history and power and all of that goes to whoever won. Like, it's not necessarily about who is quote unquote right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much 
Eustace felt like he was picking the right side. And he was like, we were so close. You know, if X had happened, if Y had happened. That was so sad. Yeah. You know, we'd be the ones in charge. The entire list of reasons. There was all of them were so interesting because I I, I feel like you could break them down further. And the expression of what the individual what if scenario was if this ship had arrived or if this person's letter had arrived earlier or if this person hadn't decided to scab a little bit too early then all of these things would have shifted in our favor they're all like uh shadows of the choices that humans make that i i'm i bet the math was done on the authors on the author's end mm-hmm. that they all perfectly balanced out each other enough sure. versus what the other side was going through as well we could have won state you know what i mean exactly yeah but <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's such a good point because history and power and all that goes to whoever won it's not about like idealism or what is quote-unquote right or wrong or like morally true or like who deserved something better it's about who was stronger and faster and bigger and and eustace and dunk thinks this too he's like where are all the blacks loyalists now like surely he says there were thousands of them. Half the realm was for the red dragon and half was for the black. Like he must have seen them. He must have met other men like Eustace, but all of them have just kind of gone along with whatever the right quote, the right thing to do is, which made me kind of like Eustace more hmm. because I was like, at least he's as he's bitter. He's in his like sad place. His family is gone. And I think that his bitterness is killing him. But he's holding on to an ideal that he like he has true conviction and he actually really believed in something. And I think that that, like I said, that could kill you, you know, especially in his old age, like as he's just going to spend his life. And that he might literally just go go to war. Yeah. Go to some kind of small battle just to prove that point further because he is in such a a bad situation because he's his age is so advanced. He might just be a little more reckless than average Mm -hmm. than the average rebel would be at the time. And he's, let, he has less power than I assume a lot of the a lot of the rebels that um, Blood Raven was setting up to be a potential problem have as well. It's funny you brought that up because that's exactly the thought process that Dunk went through before he right before they uh, had the conversation with Eustace right after the encounter with Bennis when they were approaching Stanfast at night was that that's that's the thought process he had before he went in and and went in on before he went inside and then went in on Eustace. He he was like, honestly, I bet I've worked for and you just read the quote, but I bet I've worked for a bunch of these people before. And, right. be, and because of that, he went in with a way more cool head mm-hmm. and not until Eustace threatened to potentially beat egg. Did he right, decide right. to get a little chippy he takes back it at a home. little too far, but it was powerful because yeah. he like has like true conviction. Yeah, he's pre- well. He's proving to us that he's this this character that we think that he is. That he's not taking the momentum of his conversation with the Red Widow um, and the slap on the face and being angry. I mean, it was a long horse ride too, and there's a lot of things to be annoyed about. But he thinks about it before he decides to make his judgment call on the kind of person that Eustace is. He, he hears him out and he's also coming off the momentum of having all those things be offered to him. Things that he really wants. Right. Clearly. Right. Things that would be at least be really convenient for someone like him. And a hottie. That's what I'm saying. That's really what I'm talking about. (laughs) He's like coming back. Was that the beginning of the chapter? He's like, I'm supposed to, I can't be thinking about her. Mm -hmm. So is he thinking about my, my other girl that I haven't seen? Oh, that was at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He felt, he felt stupid because, uh, it seems like the Red Widow is not that 
Lady Rohan Weber is not giving him the same feeling inside of his stomach that Tonsell did. Right. But also that he, she is giving him a lot of other feelings and that that might be totally okay too. But which one, again, which one is more true to his actual spirit? Which one's more true to his actual vibe? Those girlies are into him, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, they probably could be. (laughs) You you don't think that they're into him even a little bit? (laughs) They might be, but it's nothing to get existential over. So funny. All this existential choices that he's making would seemingly right now in this tumultuous state of Westeros point you down the path of some kind of ruin because you're talking about there needing to be power and in, in that the the way that history is writing itself goes to the course of the winter and so something that Baylor Breakspear knew uh, and implemented a lot in the hedge night which is what helped give us some kind of kernel of success or at least allowed us to escape without dunk losing his foot is that knowing better is good and well but having the power to set up the chess pieces before the action is necessary no matter who knows what is the only way to actually express that knowing better and dunk is not really expressing that knowing better he's he has the balls to tell someone whose castle that he's going to be sleeping in at night that he's going to be leaving his service in the morning mm-hmm. so it's a little unbelievable but at the same time we've got that affability that dunk is expressing that i think keeps him in this charismatic state amongst would-be potential uh enemies and would-be potential danger and allows us to look at it and, and observe what direction things go in based on how naive he's being mm-hmm. and there's always the boot too mm-hmm. it's gonna be really interesting to see this put on a tv screen yeah a thousand percent a thousand percent as, as you're th- saying that i'm like thinking about how he would have definitely made jury in big brother yeah he would have definitely made jury <laughs> but probably not final three yeah. <laughs> he's not manipulating the situation that much but this is my question then which you know the answer to but he's leaving he's like i'm out of here we're done we're going and then Wattswood catches on fire mm-hmm. and so what kind of momentum shift that's gonna be what do you think for i mean he's not gonna leave while the woods ablaze not gonna leave his boys yeah he's not gonna leave his because it's not about sir eustace at that point or bennis it's about all those other guys that he's been training up and so what would someone like bennis of the brown shield be like in this scenario he probably load his horse up with as and much wine out. as he could carry, as much alloyed steel. If I was Bennis, I would leave. The most jewels, a couple cups, yeah. like Benny from, uh, ironic, Benny from The Mummy. <laughs> yeah, right, true. If I was Bennis, I would leave. Because you got... So you wouldn't stay and fight? If I was Bennis? Yeah, oh, if you were Bennis, yeah. Yeah, no, I would absolutely leave if I was Bennis. Because you've got this bigger, stronger castle up the road yeah. that probably did this or had mm. something to do with this who wants to kill you and then you've got dunk in your ear who's being so annoyingly pious yeah like okay you know it's not right you're not better than the rest of us i would get out of there but there's no way dunk is gonna drag them out of there while something bad is happening so what do you think egg wants to do in this scenario like do you think he'll feel the the danger obviously the fire doesn't bother him that much well that's what i was thinking about like because Eustace is calling a he's like you're, you're um talking about that string of insults that he laid out yeah, upon Dunk. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like that's ugh, so disrespectful. It was mean. You this, know the second that this person is not giving you what you want, all of a sudden these things that you that you uh, basically told him that he wasn't, he all of a sudden is. Oh yeah. 
You're going to be prowling in the ditches. Basically, you're going to turn into an outlaw. Mm -hmm. You're going to turn into the thing that you've been fighting against trying to be. And he's given you no evidence. He rolled up the cloak and handed it back to you. He didn't keep your fine silk, your fine materials. He gave it back to you. And he heard you out first. So I'm less... I'm less loving Eustace, but at the same time, what do you expect folks to do in this scenario? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I totally agree with you. I don't like Eustace. I just respect him a little more for having conviction. But Dunk is not going to just leave him in this situation because it's not about him. I think he would have more conviction for me if he would have told Dunk exactly the scenario. But he did tell, you know, at least the neutral perspective about the battle and but the thing is he he kind of did what the 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 twitter thing right now that we're talking about is is that he gave just enough information to try to tip the needle into his favor but not too much further into his favor but still he he tried to tip it a little artificially rather than being very straight up about it fair but he did give some good points as to why he picked the side he picked he did now i think beforehand he was just talking about how glorious the battle was also he was and how blood ravens ensorcelled everyone so their side it's not fair at all and how good damon's abs were is basically yeah i wanted to talk about that because at the beginning of this discussion you were like he talked about his reasons and he had pretty good reasons to follow, follow yeah, damon he talks about why like how he was a better swordsman and like the knights gathered around him you know like i found that to be interesting um Oh, yeah. So, Egg, I, I love that Egg asked this question. Egg asked him. He's like, so why did you... He was like, King Darren was a good man. Why would you choose Damon? It's one of the best parts of this section. Darren, so Eustace almost slurred the word. And Dunk realized he was half drunk. Darren was spindly and round of shoulder with a little belly that wobbled when he walked. Damon stood straight and proud. His stomach was flat and hard as an oaken shield. And he could fight. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> with an axe or a lance or a flail, he was as good as any knight as I ever saw. But with the sword, he was the warrior himself. When Prince Damon had Blackfire in his hand, there was not a man to equal him. Um, you can know a man by his friend's egg. Darren surrounded himself with maesters, septons, and singers. Always there were women whispering in his ear, and his court was full of Dornishmen. How uh, not? Look <laughs> how like George threw Dornishmen. I know. When he had taken a Dornish woman into his bed and sold his own sweet sister to the Prince of Dorn, though it was Damon that she loved, Darren bore this, born the same name as the young dragon, but when his Dornish wife gave him a son, he named the child Baylor after the feeblest king who ever sat the Iron Throne. <laughs> Talk about get, getting into the detail, getting the weeds here. He still named him after Targaryen. These are so specific. I know. And these all happened so long ago. It's mm-hmm. like he's really holding on. Damon, though. Damon was no more pious than a king need to be. And all the great knights of the realm gathered to him. It would suit Lord Bloodraven if their names were all forgotten. So he has forbidden us to sing of them. But I remember. Rob Rain, Gareth the Grey, Sir Aubrey Ambrose, Lord Gorman Peak, Black Byron Flower, Red Tusk, Fireball, Bitter Steel. I ask you, has there ever been such a noble company, such a role of heroes? <laughs> why, lad? You ask me why? Because Damon was the better man. The old king saw it too. He gave the sword to Damon, Blackfire, the sword of Aegon the Conqueror, the blade that every Targaryen king had wielded since the conquest. He put that sword in Damon's hand and he, the day he knighted him, a boy of twelve. My father says that because Damon was a swordsman and Damon never was, said Aeg. Why give a horse to a man who cannot ride? A sword, The sword was not the kingdom. The old Good knight's point. hand jerked so hard that wine spilled from his silver cup. Your father is a fool. 
And then basically Dunk's like, okay, we'll leave. We're done here. So it's like Damon's power, if there are batteries that have to be filled up to potentially usurp and run the kingdom, or not to usurp, but just to either fight a usurper or to usurp to run the kingdom. You got to have this, these powers built up. So his powers are strength and the support of people who matter and people who are strong and people who, who are strong and the actual ability to do the thing and the sword and the sword and Darren's batteries would be filled up by, he carries the technicalities kind of like how blood Raven's not, a true born even though he's from the blood of targaryens technically speaking he's base born so he doesn't have that power behind his decision making or or power behind his sway until it comes to battle and we're all evenly matched in the sport of combat Mm -hmm. and so darren's batteries are filled up by there being he's the one who's in charge Mm -hmm. he's got the maesters his, his batteries are filled up by the 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 conquest of Aegon the conqueror himself and that power that was solidified over the crown being passed from ruler to ruler and rebellion after rebellion being squashed and all the lives that were lost and the, the, the ferocity of dragons holding that down, that is all in his favor while there's this current modern day favor that Damon is wielding. And that's what clashed head to head. It's not exactly the scenario between Renly and Stannis, but it's very similar. You have the sure. the technical support. You have the fact that you can be a real leader. The fact that you have the real the real um, what's it what, I mean, the the backing of of a spirit like Brienne of Tarth, but also the backing of people with special interests and with people that just simply don't like Stannis. All with you, and then Stannis has the support of technicality. Yeah, right. and hopefully the support of Nettered one Nettered Stark. Which I think in the Seven Kingdoms goes a long way. One technicality goes a long way with Stannis too. <laughs> yes, it very much does. It's so funny to talk about Stannis that behind all of that um, real um, battery being filled by the technical power and by the uh, the historical significance is that he's got this hot red-haired lady that's doing magic in I know. the shadows. I know. And giving it to him sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. If he's lucky. If he's lucky. If he's a, <laughs> if he's a really good boy. A man. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. It is interesting. But I mean. This is more straightforward in a classical historical way. Well, it's a little bit more simple. The perspective is in hindsight and everything is way more. Yeah, I think you're right. But there's like less technology too, though. Like, or in, you know, there's been less war. I don't know. Yeah, you're right, though. But Egg makes such a good point when he's like. Well, what his dad says that the sword was not the kingdom. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the like practical thing that someone says in a conversation that stumps you because you're not invoking this past truth. You're right. saying right now what actually makes sense. Me personally, that's the kind of conversations I like to have because you're dealing with facts in <laughs> yeah. real time. You're dealing right. with what's actually real instead of invoking the poetry of something that came before you. But I understand why Eustace chose why he chose like i understand why he would be drawn to especially as like a lesser lord the chaos of of somebody who was physically powerful basically a simpering musical guy yeah i mean it's a good opportunity and eggs like or dunker egg were like so you wanted cold 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's the other really important like, question well, that Egg no, asked. No, no, you know, it was more about his ass. He's like, but you wanted the castle. Stronger. You wanted yeah. the castle, though, right? He does and not you knew that. that in the chaotic shakeup of power, that there'd be a possibility Wasn't for you to get back to something that you you thought your family deserved. But more so than him claiming that it was because that's what his family deserved. He doesn't claim it at all. But more so than that. It's like, what about the fact that you would simply just have a castle? I have to read this because it's the castle. He seemed confused. Coldmoat. Coldmoat was promised to me by Damon. Yes, but it was not for gain. <laughs> no. Then why? Asked Egg. Why? Sir Eustace frowned. Why were you a traitor if it wasn't for the castle? Oh, Sir Eustace looked God. at Egg a long time before replying. You're only a young boy. You yeah. would not understand. Yeah. <laughs> it was my family's. Right. Okay. That was so good. Egg is a sharp one. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But he asked such good questions. And he's he's sharp and he's a, kind of like Dunk. He's, I mean, definitely like Dunk. He's one of the people that is worth us following in a book that we feel okay with being friends with because his decisions, the way that he comes to terms with his thoughts makes sense to us. Um, but like you said earlier in discussion, I feel like the, he, he learned a really important lesson about something like casual racism, mm -hmm. which is what Eustace is feeling about these Dornish men, not feeling weird about that fact at all. It's like, it's just an agreed upon thing. That's how egg feels about people that are base born. Mm -hmm. It seems. And I would never have assumed that about egg having such a straightforward opinion about bastards. I understand someone like Jon Snow and the main series feeling the weight and feeling the pain of ha having been raised in Winterfell and constantly feeling scorned upon by the matron of the place and constantly feeling like he was not as good as his true born brothers and sisters. I understand him having negative thoughts and feelings toward a bastard or toward the idea of having a bastard and having such extreme things to say about it. And maybe even going deep enough into his soul and spirit to forcing him to make a decision like joining the wall uh, joining the, the Night's Watch at the Wall and uh, taking a vow to never potentially sire another bastard so he wouldn't bring another person like him to this world. I understand that. But Egg's coming from the perspective of just having been raised around people that are surviving off of that comfort that the earlier power that I discussed earned them. And so they're able to look around and say, you know, bastards are this and that. Well, at the same time, there's you know, there's the, uh, the, uh, what's it called that the Targaryens have the, the, the exceptionalism. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like at the same time yeah. they're, they're having sex with their brothers and sisters yeah. and cousins. And Only so it's them. like, yeah, you're not base born, yeah. but you're also inbred. Uh -huh. So uh, there's a technical science to that, that may say that you're actually, if we're going to get into the, the weeds of who's better based on how they were born or what blood or DNA is inside of them, you have really, you know, nothing to, you have no ground to stand on. So it's, it's like I said, a lot uglier coming from someone like Egg. And this, uh, I'll read this inner th monologue that, that Dunk had about himself. And it's part of that swirling, uh, as I was talking about painting of uh, points to sort of uh, give us an idea of what decision is uh valuable enough to consider as the truth even if it comes out of the mouth of a bastard the opinion on someone like eustace the opinion on someone like bennis and the opinion on someone like rohan or really most importantly the opinion on someone like yourself i might be i never knew my mother or what became of her maybe i was born too big and killed her most like she was some whore or tavern girl you don't find highborn ladies down in flea bottom and if she ever wed my father 
well, what became of him then? Dunk did not like to be reminded of his life before Sir Arlen found him. There was a pot shop in King's Landing where I used to sell them rats and cats and pigeons for the brown. So we know who's partially responsible for this now. Finally, after all these books, the cook always claimed my father was some thief or cut purse. Most like I saw him hanged, he used to tell me. But maybe they just sent him to the wall. When I was squiring for Sir Arlen, I would ask him if we couldn't go up that way someday to take service at Winterfell or some other northern castle. I had this notion that if I could only reach the wall, might be I'd come on some old man, a real tall man, who looked like me. We never went, though. Sir Arlen said that there were no hedges in the north, and all the woods were full of wolves. He shook his head. The long and short of it is, most like you're squiring for a bastard. For once, Egg had nothing to say. The gloom was deepening around them. Lantern bugs moved slowly through the trees, their little lights like so many drifting stars. There were stars in the sky as well, more stars than any man could ever hope to count, even if he lived to be as old as King Jahiris. So I feel like these lantern bugs are the the little particles of... of of Egg's soul moving into place and realizing that he's been thinking so wrong for such a long time and all these stars in the sky are, are all the other things that we could learn the truth about or maybe all the other people that are still learning the truth for themselves. I just, I love that, that illustrated uh, aside there at the end of that conversation and that the gloom deepening around them being that, that I guess shame that they're both feeling the shame of being a bastard, the shame, the shame of uh, having thought that way about people. And obviously, if you love and respect Dunk so much, what does it matter where he came from? He could quite literally be the worst of them. Mm-hmm. And he could come from the worst of them as well. Especially because Dunk was, or Egg was just saying that the high septon said all bastards are born to betrayal. I mean, like he's so cutting about mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah. And so, yeah, shame or just, I feel like just that realization when you're, whoa, sorry. I, I feel like. You dropped I, her Apple pencil. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. Called out. <laughs> that shame or introspectiveness or, um, I don't know what the right word is, but when you realize that your opinions have been wrong or that you were taught something wrong yeah i mean it's such a good way to Mm -hmm. to describe it really good and to be confronted with the against somebody that you care about so much at this point in the story it's the best so late in the game it's the most effective someone you know you love and respect you're willing to follow i hope that egg is able to translate these lessons or at least take like really take a lot of these things back to his fam because these are really valuable things that from the top down could change the way that somebody like Sir Eustace himself like lives, you know? Yeah. Like how do you, how do you treat rebels? Do you treat them with clemency? Do you chop off their heads? Or I mean, bastards? Or how do you like people? I think it's all the same you? thing. Yeah. I think it's all the same thing. Like there's the most extreme version is this person literally rebelled against me. Right. The, in the glorious sport of combat where the the person that wins could could live and the person that loses could die. And then there's all these smaller versions of it, all the way down to the way that you might converse with people in a room full of uh conversers. The way you look at them, the way you don't look at them open-handedness versus bolstering against the potential chaos. It's pretty interesting. And it's an interesting, uh, like a uh, mindset to analyze among the story with the little kid. And that's why I was saying it's really 
cool to see this on the screen. Yeah. And then there's Venice. I know. A warrior against the world sitting on his his pedestal in the night with the moon glowing behind him and you can hear the singing of his still being sharpened. He's been battered and he's 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 already chosen how he's how he's going to fight against it by living amongst the uh the grooves of uh right and wrong comfortably and waiting until that moment that he has to strike. I feel like what makes his story so incredible is that juxtaposition between those guys and just the completely opposite paths mm-hmm. that brought them to the same exact place that yeah. Dunk and Venice. That's they're why, like, that's we're why all Venice here. Is always making fun of Dunk. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like, you're here too. You tall, idealistic, handsome, dolt, thick as a castle. I don't even, and he's just mad at him just for existing. Just for being who just he is. Just for existing. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really cool to see those relationships blossom on screen because just because of how good House of the Dragon is like these. I've just have so much confidence that these and with all the source material, like, I believe these vibes are going to be able to. Be I believe translated. Ryan's going to be an executive. Ryan Condal's going to be an executive producer on this Duncan Egg series. I saw that written somewhere. I didn't see that in this article, so I can't quote that for truth. But if, go, if George R. R. Martin trusts him enough, and obviously Hadi understood the themes and adapted some things even further, especially like what they did with Viserys. Um, pushing further points, yeah. pushing pushing more of the spirit that we're all trying to, that we're all feeling from this and, and displaying it in a way where it was able to translate to the screen. I think that we're in good hands if, if that's the case. Remember reading Viserys versus like every heart heart picture we posted of him on our Instagram yeah exactly mm-hmm. and those are available right now on instagram.com slash game of bones just click on the house of the dragon button yeah. and our highlights oh man this is good stuff so my own hannah discussed prior but i will read it anyway when dunk approaches when duncan egg approached sir Binis in the night <laughs> you'll find sir useless in his chambers brooding on how great he used to be <laughs> Egg spoke up. He fought for the black dragon. Dunk could have given the boy a clout, but the brown knight only laughed. Of course he did. Just look at him. He strike you as the kind who picks the winning side. No more than you, else you wouldn't be here with us. Boom. That's a known. Um, I'm going to give my own to, not too far after that, about a couple sentences. When um, they first get to Eustace, the first thing he says, Sir Duncan, you're back. Did the sight... Oh, God, I know what you're going to say. Keep going, keep going. (laughs) Did the side of you give Lucas Infield pause, sir? He thought that if he sent someone taller, that he would have the upper hand. Or almost as tall. Like, if he thought he sent someone big, that he would have the upper hand. I also liked uh, where he was like, she struck you? Oh, yeah. She dared Uh lay a hand Uh upon you? (laughs) Like trying to in, in, uh, incur that uh, diplomacy, not like what they're all doing. It's just a messed up farce in itself. Right. But like, how dare she? More she posturing. strikes the envoy of the Czechy lion. Yeah. <sighs> Great posturing. I have one more own before we get to everybody else's. Um, when Eustace is talking about his clemency that has been granted, um, a king's mercy is a poisoned gift. Darren Targaryen left mm. me life, but took my pride in dreams and honor. I should have gone with bitter steel into exile or die besides my son and my sweet king. That would have been a death worthy of a checky lion descended from so many proud lords and mighty warriors. Darren's mercy made me smaller. That mm. like really like cut me. Like his mercy made me small. Like he took away who I was as a man. And 
Eustace wasn't able to then just assimilate back into society like the rest of the followers. Or die. Or die. Standing up for the man that he wants to be. Darren's mercy He's like, made you know, me smaller. I'm allowed to live. That's actually pretty nice. Yeah. It's kind of like Dunk running away from this fight or not. Exactly. So I want to give my own to that too. We have an own from Travis Cole. We also have a string of owns from Travis Cole has rejoined the Onosphere. And uh, we'll be reading some more of those. They're for Hedge Knight Part 1 and some of these uh, Sworn Sword parts on our next episode. We have a little bit more time. Our recording window is swiftly closing today. So I'll read this one own from Travis Cole, Straight Savage Cole on Twitter. My own goes to the blue of the ice dragon, which is Westeros's version of the North Star. I love how George makes fantasy analogies for things from reality. Chef's kiss. I also have to shout out Dunk for two things. Staying true to his convictions and values, even if it meant breaking an oath he took, especially if the oath was under false pre- pretenses. Didn't you ever think I might be a bastard? This is exactly the type of thing that Makor, Mycor, wanted Dunk to question Egg with. Things that made Egg think in different ways. Mm-hmm. Boom. There you go. Travis Cole's back. And if you want to send in your owns, you can do that in a couple different ways. You can find us on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, you can send us an email to contact at gameofowns.com if you dare. But I would recommend Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> on our next episode, we will be continuing through the sworn sword in part six fire and steel did hannah guess correctly was it lady rohan weber and lucas inchfield who decided to plot forward to cold moat or sorry to stand fast from cold moat what do you think find out on the next or hmm? maybe we're the trailer is going to be the next episode oh yeah not that i don't want to get to sworn sword part what six mm-hmm. but wow we're blessed so we'll catch y'all later we'll see ya Bye-bye. bye bye